you know, the iPhone and the Android have really changed the way that people can approach online courses. It's, it's so easy to videotape yourself now. And, and uh, you can do things that you just never could have done, say, you know, 10 or 15 years ago. Welcome to episode 32 of the Online Course Guy podcast. I am Jacques Hopkins, the Online Course Guy, and this is the show where we show you how to turn your hobby or passion into a profitable online course. I was able to do just that, and now after eight years at a full-time job, I'm now proud to say that I support my family just from the income from my own online piano course. Today on the show, I was joined by somebody who has an online course in billiards, pool, and his name is Anthony, and it was really great to be able to talk with Anthony about how he set this thing, how, how he set this up, what his motivations were. We talked about the cool feature that Anthony is able to offer his students that can actually make their online learning experience more effective than one-on-one -on -one lessons. We talked about the ways that Anthony is thinking about upgrading his course materials and marketing strategies in the future, because the, the thing is that you can never stop getting better. I'm all about up-leveling the different pieces of your course, whether it's the, the actual course, you know, if you get a new camera or you just get better at teaching, if it's your marketing, if it's your advertising, if it's your website, whatever it is, there's always room for improvement. And so once you complete all these steps, it's always good to go back and see what you can improve. And Anthony's thinking the exact same way. And we also talked about a great piece of advice that Anthony feels will help you set up your online course for success before you actually create any content. So. Let's go ahead and jump into the conversation with Anthony. Hi, Anthony. Welcome to the show. Hi. How are you? I am doing just fine. So, look, um, I know you. Uh, I know you've been been at this for a while. You've got a lot going on. Why don't you start by telling me a little about your background and if you could, when it was that you first got the idea for your online course? Sure, sure. Uh, I've been a school teacher for this is my nineteenth year. And so I worked in public education for 19 years, worked in uh, school district administration for nine years. And uh, for a brief period of time, I worked at the Kentucky Department of Education as a virtual learning consultant. And I was the uh, state director of uh, Kentucky Virtual High School. Uh, one of my hobbies is pocket billiards. And in 2013, I won uh, the BCA Pool League National Nine Ball Championship out in Las Vegas. And uh, I started getting these ideas because I was given face-to-face -face pool instruction. But I was getting lots of calls from people across the U.S. And they were wanting to take lessons, but, you know, maybe they lived out in California, and it's a long drive from California to Kentucky. And uh, people would call from New York, but it's a long drive and whatnot. So I got to thinking... Uh, I've got this background with online schools, and I've got this background with billiards, won a national championship. And I've got this demand, uh, people wanting to take lessons, but it's, it's too far for them to travel. And uh, so I just put all that together and uh, developed my uh, online course from that. And uh, it's been pretty successful. I have students in, that enroll regularly, and it's... Uh, it seems to really be taking off here. You know, in the past couple of years, it was rough getting started, but uh, <laughs> but uh, what's, what's, really the time frame? what's the time frame here when you first got the idea to take take your um, training online? Well, 
actually, uh, I'm thinking I, I started the online school right around 2013. And uh, it, it took a great deal of time. What, what I did was I actually taped each individual lesson that someone would see uh, if they were to come to me and do the face-to-face -face class. So each, each lesson was videotaped. And then of course I had to upload to YouTube. And uh, I put those videos uh, as a unlisted video. That way the general public can't search and can't find those videos. And that way I could embed it into the online class. And uh, you have to pay for the class, you know, to be able to see the videos and whatnot. But uh, that's what I did with that. And it, it took a lot of time, probably six or seven months to really, you know, fill in the course shell and uh, get the class like I wanted to have it. And I write monthly magazine articles for various publications. And so I embedded those in to go along with the videos and whatnot and, uh, and just kind of piece it together like that. So having, having videos out there somewhere that not everybody can see is part of it, but also um, typically with an online course, you would have some sort of password protected system to where you've got your users and they can log in. And then once they log in, they are able to see the videos. So what, sure. what software technology did you use for that password protected feature? Sure. The learning management system that I use is Schoology. Schoology. And yeah. And, uh, I really like it. Uh, I've tried different ones whenever I was first starting out, but I really like the features that Schoology has. You can actually move uh, the lessons, you know, you can reschedule them. And where I've got people that are enrolling all the time, I can move each lesson from one month to another or move it, schedule it out a year from now or, or however I want to do it just by going into the, uh, the lessons order and going in and changing the dates and times and whatnot. But I, I really like that feature on that. Okay. So next question for you is about the video and just like the camera angles and stuff, because when we're talking about online courses, just based on these random hobbies, right? So like with piano, I struggled initially with like, what kind of camera angles should I do? Cause with me, I got to have this direct overhead shot of my hands on the keys. But then I also like to have a second camera, like on my face, I was, right. talking, um, I was talking to somebody on an earlier episode who does uh, teaches like bird watching. And she brought up an interesting point is like her with her hobby. It's not this stationary object. Like she tracks these birds and they're always moving. And so she has her own challenges. So what kind of like camera angles, camera shooting do you do with billiards? Well, what I would do is I would just focus in on that particular part of the table that I was teaching that particular lesson from. And a lot of times uh, one lesson may have two or three videos that go with it. You know, this is part one, part two, part three. And uh, that way I can reset the camera and uh, move it from one angle to the, to the next where they can watch those in order. And a lot of times I'll just use a wider angle just to see, you know, the full layout of the pool table or whatever. But uh, if I need to really, get close up on something, then I just will do multiple videos if I have to in order to move from one part of the table to the other or whatnot. 
Do you think that people can learn from you as effectively with the online course as they can in person? You know, actually, uh, we've had a lot of discussion about this because when people typically go to see a billiards instructor, they pay about $1,000 for the weekend and they'll go spend three days with an instructor. And the, and the takeaway from that is maybe four or five things they can go back and they can practice and uh, they can use that to improve their game. Well, with the online, my uh, slogan or my sales pitch is, this is your opportunity for true long-term instruction. And what I mean by that is, I will offer one year of instruction for $500. And so uh, it's not a big burden on me because all of my lessons, all 150 of them, have been pre-recorded. I don't have to go back and actually teach all those lessons. But all I have to do is respond to emails uh, of, of videos that students send me. And so... Uh, They'll send me videos. They'll take their iPhone or their Android, and they'll tape themselves doing that particular lesson. They'll send it to me. And then within 24 hours, that's my company's policy, is that I have to get back to them and give them some kind of feedback based on what I see them do. But, again, the long-term aspect of it is what's great, and the fact that students actually tape themselves. And if you're going to see someone in the face-to-face -face situation, then they don't always see what they're doing right or, or see what they're doing wrong because they can't see themselves. But with the online, when they're videoing themselves and I script a response based on what I see, I can say two minutes and 21 seconds into the video, your head moves. Three minutes and 45 seconds into the video, your elbow drops. And they go back and they watch that, and then they can actually see what they're doing right or doing wrong at that particular moment in time. And uh, it seems to get a lot of good results from that because people are willing to change if they think they're really doing it wrong. But if you can't see yourself, you're just like, well, yeah, he said I was doing that, but am I really doing it or am I not? And, you know, a picture's worth a thousand words. <laughs> and when you can see yourself doing something wrong, then you're more willing to fix it. Yeah, I love that you've got that interactive component to your course because I think that's one of the only downsides to an online course would be having some sort of personal feedback, which is what you get with like in-person one-on-one uh, lessons. And then when you're talking about something like billiards, and I, it's the same with piano, because I encourage people to send me videos of them playing so that I can give right. them personal feedback. But let's say, for example, we were teaching a course on like web design. Well, if, if that were the case, then I could just send the instructor a link, and that would be so much easier, and they can see the, the page that I developed. But with, that, like, with us, we have to like give people instructions. Hey, pull out your smartphone, you know, get somebody to record you doing this thing. And if you send me that video, I will provide you with personal feedback. So I love that you're doing that. Right, right. Yeah, it seems to work really well. I've, I've trained several regional champions. I've trained a, uh, a world champion uh, through the VNEA, uh, through the online program. I mean, it's, uh, it's been really wow. effective. And uh, like I say, whenever I first started off, uh, the name of my online program is Virtual Beard Academy. And 
when, when I first started advertising, the people were like, is he taking this virtual billiards game and teaching people how to play? <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm not doing that at all. This is a totally new concept. And, uh, you know, the iPhone and the Android have really changed the way that people can approach online courses. It's, it's so easy to videotape yourself now. And, and uh, you can do things that you just never could have done, say, you know, 10 or 15 years ago. And uh, it makes a big difference. Yeah, there are people even making their online course filming it on their smartphone because of how good the cameras are now. Yeah, that's right. So looking back to 2013, when you first got this idea for an online course, um, you yeah. know, know, knowing what you know today, is there anything you would have done differently back then? Well, the one thing that I would do differently is whenever I was putting those videos together, rather than doing, you know, piece by piece or part by part, I would have used some kind of digital editor and uh, made it into more of a movie. It's what I would, and I may actually take time and go back and do that and edit some of that stuff together. Uh, I've been toying with that, you know, using like uh, Apple's iMovie to put in, uh, you know, headings and, and and different things, you know, subtitles and and whatnot. But I really like that. It makes it, it gives it a much more professional mm -hmm. look to it rather than just videoing yourself and sticking it up there. Uh, and I'd like to go back and maybe change all that at some point, but gosh, it'd take hours and hours to go through 150 lessons. <laughs> and uh, Yeah. Have you thought about, up. have you thought about maybe outsourcing that to somebody who is an expert in that? Well, you know, I've, I've thought about it, but uh, haven't really had the time. Where I, and I teach school. This, this isn't my only, you know, source of income. I make money from my online beards class, and I make money from my face-to-face -face class. But uh, my primary job is uh, a school teacher, and so I just don't have a, a ton of extra time. Well, that's what I'm trying to free up some time for you by getting somebody else to do it rather than you having to go back yeah. and do these videos. Yeah, that, that's right. That's right. I'm just, uh, do you know of any good sources for that? I mean, as far as. Uh... Yeah, absolutely. And I have a whole episode of the podcast on just outsourcing because to be honest with you, Anthony, like um, I've, I got started about the same time as you back in 2013 with my online course. And I just like, I just like just slow, slow, slow growth. Um, you know, my first year I probably sold five copies or something like that. Um, but now I sell like 150 copies a month and um, right. I work less than I ever have because I've got like nine people working for me on a very part-time basis, but I like to um, outsource for two reasons. One is it gives me more time. And two is there's people out there that can do these very specialized things much better than I could do. Right. So I do have a guy that does video editing for me for like $16 an hour. He's in Romania and he's amazing at it. Right. And he's, you know, what, what is my time worth? I'd like to think my time is worth more than $16 an hour. I could spend that right. time somewhere else and I'm nowhere near as talented in video editing as this guy. Right. So um, the resource I recommend for outsourcing is upwork.com. Upwork.com. Okay. Upwork.com. Yeah. So definitely check it out and don't go all of a sudden outsource every aspect of your business. Start at one small right. thing at a time. And, and what you could do is just 
take one video and get somebody to work on that. And he might spend 30 minutes on it or something. And if you like right. it, okay, give him the next video. Right. Right. All right. So um, let's talk about marketing a little bit. Um, okay. how, how are people finding your site and your course? Well, I write for three national publications and I get free advertising for each instructional article that I submit. I also uh, am a member of several billiards forums and you go into the wanted and for sale section, you can advertise your class in that. And uh, Facebook is just an awesome resource uh, going on the different uh, wanted for sale billiard sites there's hundreds of them i mean you can go through and you know use uh powerpoint or something to come up with a little catchy ad and just post it in different places and that's primarily uh what i've been using for my advertising and of course word of mouth you know mm -hmm. but uh what do you use for advertising just out of curiosity well, I'm, I've got a lot of things going on. Um, YouTube is where I recommend, recommend people start because with um, things like we're doing, you know, people are always going to YouTube to say, how do I play piano? Or how do I, you know, get better at nine ball or whatever. And that's one of the first places people typically turn to. And if so, if, if you have um, a growing YouTube channel where you've got these videos that start ranking toward the top of those search terms. Um, right that's a great place to start. It's also free, mostly free. I mean, you don't have to pay them any money to be there. You have to spend some time and you maybe have to get a good camera. You just use your smartphone. Um, but then the, the key there is you have to have a really good call to action at the end of these videos, right? You've got right. to direct people to your website cause you don't want them just staying on YouTube. So because it's free and it's a good source and it can just, the impact of one video on YouTube can last years. You know, I've got, right. a one, I've got one video that I made two years ago that now has over a million views and it gets ranked right at the top for a lot of piano related search terms, generates a lot of traffic for me that I don't right. have to pay for on a monthly basis. I do use paid advertising like Facebook ads, um, Google AdWords, Bing ads. Those are the three paid uh, platforms I use, but I like YouTube so much better because I don't have to pay for that, you know? Right, right. Yeah. So what does the Google cost, like the Google ads and whatnot? Is it, is it very expensive? Well, it depends. I mean, you could, if you do it wrong, it can be very expensive. And if you do it right, it can be not as expensive. Um, what I did, I actually failed several times with both AdWords and Facebook ads because I just tried to do it all on my own and tried to kind of figure it out on my own. Right. And what I did with Google AdWords was finally, I took this like 20 hour long online course about Google AdWords. And I mm -hmm. learned the ins and outs of it. I had no idea how much it could do. And right. I implemented Google AdWords for my piano business to a T like this guy was describing. And I was instantly getting good results. Right. And since then, because I'm all about outsourcing to experts and freeing up my time, I've actually outsourced my Google AdWords account to this company that had put the online course together. Uh-huh. Yeah. So there's, there's all kinds of things you can do. Um, but like I said, I, for people like just starting out listening to this, I definitely recommend uh, YouTube. And I've, I've mentioned that in other um, episodes. Um, I've got a couple of videos on YouTube that I've professionally edited and done some things to. And uh, good. It, it, it seems to generate 
lots of traffic, but I'm wondering if I don't need to uh, maybe do a monthly video or something to keep the interest where I'm getting the return, you know, where people are coming back and they're going to my website and, you know, sometimes if they don't sign up the first time they go, you might catch them the next time around. And I'm just wondering if maybe I might be better off unlisting or not unlisting, but listing some of those unlisted videos and uh, putting them on there, you know, just a small percentage of them just to generate some traffic. Yeah, YouTube definitely likes uh, a consistent posting schedule, whether that's, you know, some people post like every day, that's not really practical, um, or weekly or even monthly. You know, if you have a good schedule, um, that's definitely good. And um, it, it shows YouTube that you care about your channel and that you're willing to continually update it um, with new stuff. So that's, uh, that could definitely be a good strategy for you if you're looking to increase your traffic. Now, now I think, almost everybody on the planet that has a website is probably looking to increase their traffic in one way or another, oh, sure. no matter how much traffic you're actually getting. Um, right. so let, me, let me ask you about the like pricing your course. That's, Cause that's one thing that people struggle with a lot. And you mentioned $500 for like a year of instruction. Like how did you come up with that number? Well, I have a pricing structure, so it's not just, $500. If you just want to go on there and you want to watch the videos, the 150 lessons, it's $100. If you want, um, say, a month of feedback, then that might, I think it's like 150 If you want three months of feedback, then the price goes up from there. You can even uh, become instructor certified. That, that's $1,000 if you want to become a certified billiards instructor. And so I've got this whole range of, uh, of prices. And actually, uh, the executive director of uh, the American Q Sports Association uh, and I talked whenever I was putting this online course together, and he said that I need to – there's a biking website, and I can't remember what the guy's name is, but he trains uh, – these professional bike riders and I looked at his pricing structure and kind of modeled mine off of his. I can't remember what the guy's name is, but it, it was really interesting because I was pointed in that direction. And I thought, you know, if someone can't afford the $500, there needs to be something that they can afford or it, 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 there needs to be an option for each budget, whatever that is. Cause I think you'll get more business that way. Yeah, I subscribe to the same philosophy because for a while I just had my one course and it was priced at basically $300. And right. a lot of people just couldn't afford that, especially if we're talking like third world country, um, people from third world countries, because that's just like so much more money than it would be for here. And so what I did was I took the content of my video course and I put it in just like a, a book, a, a PDF book um, that wasn't video, but it was, it was the same information. And I priced that at about a hundred dollars. And so now people have the option, um, there. Now the video course is certainly better, but if somebody simply can't afford it and they want access to that same material, I've got a right. cheaper option. So I, I I'm with you hundred percent on that. Yeah. I think that's the way to go for sure. All right. So if there's somebody out there who is where you were back in 2013 and they have this thing that they're passionate about, and they just get the idea for to take that thing and turn it into an online course. What advice do you have for that person? 
Well, I, I think you really need to teach it in person for a while. I mean, you, you really have to become an experienced instructor to really know what the general need is. And if you're a person that doesn't have a instruction background, then you really need to, to teach it for a while, at least face to face so that you can anticipate what the problems are going to be, because it's going to be more of a challenge to deal with some of the problems online than it would be to deal with them in face to face. And I think whenever you become comfortable, uh, addressing all those issues or you become more comfortable, it'll be easier to address them uh, through an online platform. So, I mean, that, that's my take on it. I think there's a lot of people out there that, you know, they're an expert at this or that, and they haven't really taken the time to really teach it face to face. And they rush and they put up this online class and then it flops because <laughs> they, they don't have, the necessary expertise to address whatever that particular student's needs are. And, uh, yeah, every, everybody's different. And, you know, honestly, I made that mistake is, um, I, I didn't really have, have many like in-person success stories of teaching people piano. I just had a, a kind of a unique way for me to play piano. And it just seemed right. like it seemed like it would help other people. And so if I had to do it over again, I probably would have, either try to get some um, teaching people one-on-one -on -one or just offer my course to a small group of people for free in exchange for feedback. Because I think that's the key is getting feedback on your teaching style and your methodology so that it, there's no like kinks in the, in the plan. And um, fortunately it, it worked out in the end for me because I was able to get that feedback from the first few people. And, and I, unlike you, I've re-recorded my course based right. on back, you know? Right. And that's something I've really been considering because I think, like I said before, it will really just, you know, whenever you're branding something or you want to give it that professional look, it's important to, to have a lot of digital editing and to make it look, you know, people pay a big price for something. They want to look professional. Yes, without a doubt. And also, I mean, it needs to look good, but it also needs to work too, right? Right. Right, so right. with that, Anthony, I think we're going to, we're going to wrap it up here, but it's been a pleasure talking with you um, to, to wrap this up. If you could just, if there's anything else you want to share with the audience and also um, just reiterate where people can find you online. Well, uh, you can find me online at www.poolteacher.com. Uh, and I, I really enjoyed being on the show today and uh, getting to talk with you about uh, your take on online schools because it's always interesting to uh, to uh, talk to someone that's had a similar experience you know even though we come from different backgrounds we're teaching different things there's a lot of similarities that uh, we both have had and uh, as we've been putting our classes together and I think that's a real benefit and I think you know the more people you talk to the more that you can uh, grow your business and thanks again to Anthony for joining me on the show today. This was episode 32. And for those of you that want to take your own hobby or passion, it doesn't have to be billiards, it doesn't have to be piano, and turn it into a profitable online course. I've got the perfect resource for you to get started. It's the eight steps to turning your own hobby or passion into a profitable online course. And you can grab that today for free at theonlinecourseguy.com. And I look forward to seeing you go and download that and working with you on your own profitable online course. See you next time.